Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeep of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and perhaps the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsinki. So, anyway, uh, with me all the way from wherever she is, is the blonde bombshell herself, and Kerrigan. And good evening, everybody. You forgot where I came from? We I'm not the seller anymore. So that's I know. I kind of miss the seller. The se- <laughs> I may go back to the seller. I don't know. I'm undecided. Really? Well, You're my- being kicked out? Uh, yeah. Right. Well, my daughter and her fiancé are going to be moving out in June. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We're going to be empty nesters, so I have the run of this house. Excellent. You could build a studio. So, right? Right? I mean, I, yeah. I mean just take over put the place. Put your own wine cooler in there and everything, yeah. you know? <laughs> my husband's like, oh, that's going to be my man cave. And I'm like, your whole house is a man cave, okay? <laughs> let's, let's just get over that because whatever. Uh, so, I don't know. It's cold what is, down. What though. is this with man caves? I don't know, and I don't know who he thinks is going to come over to his man cave. Exactly. It's like, you he know. Does, he does have friends, but I mean, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know, but it's not like come you hang out in somebody's house all the time. Least, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know. Plus, whatever. It's going to be an empty man cave because I don't have any money to buy anything to put in a man cave. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's a man cave, the man will provide the, uh, what do you mean you can put the hot tub in there? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be warmer than running outside in the snow. <laughs> tell you that much. It's kind of yeah, cool, though. What, the hot tub? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it is. Oh. It's not cr- anywhere close to being on a, my bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never thought. I I really didn't want it, but it was free. A friend of ours gave it to us. Yeah, mm-hmm. free. We had to pour a pad and put a, a fence around it and whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh but at any rate, uh, we do use it frequently, and it's pretty cool if you go out there when it's snowing. You wear like a little uh, beanie, you know, put a put a little mm-hmm. stocking hat on, and it is kind of cool. I think it, you know when you drink alcohol, it helps. But uh, yes, it you know, does. some some people aren't drinkers, so you know that's yeah, that's true. Even if you're not a drinker, it's cool. It's cool. And I don't it's, know. It's, I don't think so. Of all my things, I could, uh, let's see what I want to do. Run out in the cold and jump in the water. No, I don't think so. Sometimes I have to convince myself. (laughs) It's hard enough to convince me to go to the freaking health club. Right, right. I know. Sometimes I'm like, I I don't know if I really want to get all wet, you know? Mm. Go through that all again. Yeah, I don't know. So do you have to take a shower after you get out of the hot tub? Oh, hell no. Why? Because you're in that water. It's chlorinated. It's chlorinated. It's like a pool. Yeah, well, who doesn't shower after going in the pool? I don't. Oh. 
Okay. It's chlorine. How could you too get much, any cleaner? Too much to know. How could you too get any cleaner than bleach? Right? Yeah, bleach all over your skin. So? So you're extra sparkly clean, right? Yeah, Am I right? Say so. And you get that okay. smell, and I would be sneezing my little head off. <laughs> so, anyway. But we should talk about ghosts, huh? Yes, yes, because we were talking about, uh, uh, you know, looking for topics for tonight. We're going to do something a little different. You know, yeah. February, of course, is the months of a couple of presidents, right? Lincoln and, and uh, the other dickhead there. What's his name? Ah! Oh, George Washington. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> wow. So, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so I said, why don't we look at, you know, ghosts, I don't know, anything ghosts and presidents and presidential ghosts, yeah, presidential there's, hauntings. there's a lot. I couldn't believe how many, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there was ever, uh, I guess more reputable, uh, witnesses, I guess you could, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's really strange. So, anyway, so we're going to look at a few of them, and and I was surprised by some of, of who they were. So, anyway, mm-hmm. all right. Do you want to start this little uh, little trip on the way? The well, sure, sure, that's fine. Because I've been looking into this this afternoon because it is a fascinating topic. I think and it's a riot. Didn't Jeff Belanger do a, a ghost? I mean, a a ghost. It's featured yeah. in my new newsletter this week. I, I do. I do. Yep. Uh, Who Haunts the White House? I have a copy of that. Hot yeah. copy. And it's, uh, uh, he's actually featured in my newsletter, and, and we have an interview with him regarding this book. So there you go. Oh, my goodness. It's just so, a Jeff love look, fest. Look, huh? look, look for uh, the new uh, newsletter coming out in March. So there you go. <laughs> All right. So I don't want, like, so the most – Immediate ghost, I think, probably, even if you know nothing about White House hauntings, is everybody says, oh, Lincoln, right? Yeah. So I don't want to just jump in here and scoop Lincoln. but Whatever you want. Whatever. I've been reading about, ever since we decided earlier today, uh, because our shows are pretty extensively planned out. Um, Extensively. Yeah. So earlier today, when Ron said to me, let's do presidential hauntings, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. So I start Googling. But Lincoln, the stuff on Lincoln is crazy. Um, I mean, he had premonitions of his death. Um, Apparently, he and his wife, Mary Todd Lincoln, Mm -hmm. were really into um, uh, psychics. Um, they lost, so they lost their son. I, I guess that's kind of where it, kind of where it starts, um, is that they, they lost their, their young son and he was mm-hmm. like 11. Um, so Willie, he, he died and, and, uh, they think that he had, it was some kind of infection, consumption, typhoid, whatever you want to call it. So he died in January 1862, and I think Washington at that time was like one big garbage dump. You know, they just dumped garbage into the water, and and there were open sewers, and the drinking water was not good. So how could you not get consumption? So poor Willie died. And he didn't die of consumption. 
typhoid? He died of typhoid fever. Well, they weren't sure. I don't yeah, think they were 100% sure. Yeah, they're 100% sure. Okay. Typhoid fever. All right, typhoid. Yeah. We'll go with typhoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the poor child died, and I think that they were both so grief-stricken that it just it, it stayed with them for the rest of their, their lives. Um, weird point, though, prior to Willie dying, Lincoln had won the election for president, and he was basically up all night um, waiting, waiting for the results, <laughs> huh? Partying. Partying, partying. I don't know if Lincoln really partied. Splitting rails, you know. Yeah. Kill, killing vampires. Yeah. Um, so he'd been up all night. He finally got home. It was really early morning. And uh, he went into his bedroom. He was going to lay down. So um, he was looking in a mirror that was, was near his bed. And so so what do you call it when you look in the mirror when you're seeing Jane? So he's basically doing mirror scrying and he was looking in the mirror and he saw another face um and so there were these two images and it said um that one face looked like younger um and the other face looked paler in almost the coloring of death and so this vision, he kind of dismissed it because he was really tired. He's like, oh, I'm just tired. I have to go to bed. But in the days that followed, he kept doing it, and he kept seeing this face in the mirror. And it, he, it was kind of a foreshadowing as, uh, as you look back. And, and his wife, Mary, took it to be that he was seeing his his uh, death face, and it was a sign that he wouldn't live to see the conclusion of his presidency. So, so he saw that, and then after that, in 1862, poor Willie died. And I mean, as a parent, I can't even imagine having to deal with that kind of grief. I mean, I think it would knock anybody for a loop. Um, so... They had the funeral in the White House. Um, they embalmed him uh, because they were going to spend him back, send him back to, to Springfield, Illinois, um, and be buried beside his other brother who had also died. Um, but Lincoln's like, I can't let him go. I can't let him go. He, he needs to stay here. I can't let him go so far away from me um, until I'm done in Washington. And then at that time... I will bring him back to Springfield. So uh, they had the, the, the wake in the White House, and they, they put him in a remote area of a cemetery, and, but Lincoln kept going back to visit him, and then people found out where the tomb was, so they had to move him again. But anyways, it's, it's a long story. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So his spirit had really been crushed by his son's death and he would just close himself up in his office and weep. And he was just really withdrawn, but 
he also began to look at uh, the spiritual matters, which had always interested him, and which after Willie's death, his wife was like, all right, we got to get psychics in here. I want to talk to my son. So she was like throwing herself into this, and she would invite them to the White House. Uh, they had spiritualists come and stay at the White House. Um, and Lincoln was always convinced that he was doomed. He, he just lived his life that way. Um, and he began to speak that uh, he would feel Willie's presence. And although he avoided the spiritualists in public, he did take an interest in them, you know, after, after the son's death. Do you want to jump into this at all, Ron? Because I don't want to, like, grab the no, whole thing. No, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Okay. I do, I do want to correct you one thing. You okay. said that Willie's body was embalmed. It wasn't embalmed until three years later, actually. Oh, really? How could they yeah. embalm somebody three years later? Uh, they did that quite oftenly. And when Ew. Lincoln, was, Lincoln uh, died and his body was carried on the train, they would put fresh fresh flowers every day because it stunk so much, and they had an under undertaker uh, along the way as well to uh, you know handle the makeup and everything on him, so he didn't look horrible. Oh, ugh! I thought that they, I I didn't even. How would there be anything left after three years? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what they would have to embalm, but anyways, they put him on ice. <laughs> doesn't i don't know that's not in no it's uh <laughs> see willie willie lay in a flowered covered metal coffin uh designed to look like rosewood oh so it was a metal it's one of those metal coffins that last forever yeah and i think it had a window in it they had the little window in it so they could look in okay that i don't know but they I, did I, that I, a lot well if you could afford it they yeah. did that so yeah. at any rate um, so, so perhaps the most famous supernatural incident connected to Lincoln is his, his prophetic dream of his assassination. Um, so one of Lincoln's old friends from Illinois, he was a lawyer, his name was Ward Hill Lehman, and he was in a security position at the White House and he worried constantly over Lincoln, Lincoln's indifference to his position and threats and, and warnings of death. And he would, he would sneak out of the White House at night and, uh, or go to the theater because that was one of Lincoln's escape is he wanted to go to the theater. He just wanted to, just wanted to be a, a person and just relax. Mm-hmm. So Lehman was obsessed with watching over Lincoln. And many believe that the president would not have been killed at Ford's Theater if Lehman had been on duty that night. And apparently he was away in Richmond, Virginia on an errand for the president when this happened. And he never forgave himself for this. Mm-hmm. Um, so years later, Lehman would remember that Lincoln had always been haunted by the strange vision that he saw in the mirror uh, of the two faces. Um, and he told Lehman this story um, right before his assassination, and he said, about 10 days ago, I retired late. I soon began to dream. There seemed to be a death-like stillness about me. 
Then I heard subdued sobs as if a number of people were weeping. I thought I left my bed and wandered downstairs. There the silence was broken by the same pitiful sobbing. But the mourners were invisible. I went from room to room. No living person was in sight, but the same mournful sounds of distress met me as I passed along. Uh, it was light in all the rooms. Every object was familiar to me. But where, where were all the people who were grieving as if their hearts would break? I was puzzled and alarmed. What could be the meaning of all this? Determined to find the cause of a state of things so mysterious and so shocking, I kept on until I arrived at the East Room, which I entered. Before me was a catafalque. I don't know what that is, but it must be like a, a some kind of platform. <laughs> a catafalque on which rested a corpse wrapped in funeral vestments. Around it was stationed soldiers who were acting as guards. And there was a throng of people, some gazing mournfully upon the corpse, whose face was covered, others weeping pitifully. Who is dead in the White House? I demanded of one of the soldiers. The president was his answer. He was killed by an assassin. Then came a loud burst of grief from the crowd, which awoke me from my dream. I slept no more that night. And although it was only a dream, I've been strangely annoyed by it ever since. Lincoln was assassinated just a few days later. And his wife would recall this dream of her husband's quite vividly in the days that followed. Uh, so that that's the story about what happened before he died. Right. Um, yeah. Willie's, Willie's body was put in the... Uh... William Sally Carroll uh, crypt, a uh -huh. vault, yeah. and it was kept in a vault for uh, until they uh, transferred it with the president when he was assassinated. Right. Uh, do you know when the room where Lincoln died, mm -hmm. uh, it, after he dead, people went in there and, and took pieces of the walls and the, the sheets and whatever they could get a hold of oh. souvenirs? God, that's true story. That's awful. People are crazy. Yeah, I think. <laughs> really are. They really, really are. Well, it's like uh, people go and want to take pieces of a gravestone. Yeah, uh, that's hard. And, and, I mean, there's so many historic gravestones that that has happened to, and they just, just were destroyed. So do you want to talk about the actual hauntings with Lincoln? I don't particularly want to talk about Lincoln, no. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's everything that happened before he died. Okay. But... You want to talk? If you want to talk about him, yeah, you can. All right. I don't want to hog all the airwaves. No, here. you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I, so... I was trying to get into some little bit of the lesser-known people that are buried in the lighthouse, uh, that ghosts were seen in the lighthouse. Oh. So that's where I'm going to head on oh. my little journey. All right. Well, I'll keep going on Lincoln then, I guess. I guess. Unless you want to break it up. Nope. Go for it. Okay. We're so well organized here, aren't we? Okay. Yeah, we are. So <laughs> uh, the oldest Lincoln haunting. So now he's, he's dead. So it's the alleged haunting of his tomb in Springfield, Illinois. Not Mass, Illinois. Uh, tales of his ghost here have been around since the time his body was actually uh, brought to Springfield. And... There are many reasons why the site might be haunted. 
from grave robbery to the posthumous wanderings of his corpse in an ongoing mystery, uh, which all may, may be more than enough to explain this haunting. So he was, he was returned to Springfield after his assassination, and they, they put him in a grave in this remote wooded cemetery called Oak Ridge. And it was in the middle of the woods, and they really hadn't done anything to it. So he was placed there with his sons, and uh, there were six of Lincoln's friends who wanted to be sure the body was safe. So they had an opening in the lead box he was buried in uh, so that they could peer inside and make sure that his body was actually in there and he was where he was supposed to be. So they put him in the cemetery, but they started building a permanent tomb uh, that would last longer. Um, but people started to find out where Lincoln was buried, and they would go, curiosity seekers would go out to see where he was buried. Now, these people started saying, uh, they were seeing a spectral image of Lincoln wandering near the crypt, and he was taking walks to investigate the broken ground where his tomb would someday stand. Um, and then after the bodies were actually moved to this new tomb, people said they could still see him, and they would hear strange sobbing noises and sounds of footsteps at the site. So... It's a very long and convoluted story about where he was actually finally laid to rest. And I think they moved him like five times. Yeah, they tried to dig him up to uh, for a ransom and to yep. release some prisoners. Yeah, they yep. did a lot of things. Yep. They tried to steal his body. Mm -hmm. uh, and they had a lot of middle-of-the-night uh, relocations because people kept finding out where he was and so they moved him around a lot. So he, he went out to, uh, so he was assassinated in April, 1865. And I don't think he actually arrived in his permanent tomb until ooh, 1877. Nope. I'm sorry. In 1899, they mm -hmm. decided they needed to move him once again because the vault that was supposed to be his permanent resting place was settling unevenly and cracking, <laughs> and this couldn't happen. So they moved him again in 1899, and I've, I've never uh, just seen so many convolutions of where to bury somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, and finally, da, 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 sorry, I'm scroll scrolling. <laughs> they finally no, I... laid him to rest, but in the white house itself, let's get to the white house itself. Lincoln finally got in his final tomb and Mary, Mary, his wife, but in the white house itself, uh, it is said that he still walks the hall. Right, he's been seen by many prominent people in the White House. Yep. Uh, he knocks on doors. Uh, Harry Truman 
said that he was knocking on his door. Uh, Winston Churchill stayed at the White House and supposedly got out of the bathtub uh, <laughs> wearing nothing uh, and smoking a cigar when he encountered Lincoln by the fireplace. Uh, supposedly he said, good evening, Mr. President. You seem to have me at a disadvantage. Uh, and Queen Wilhelmina. Yeah, and then uh, according to that, he, Lincoln laughed and faded away. But uh, Churchill was notorious for that. He used to uh, uh, smoke a cigar in his bath, and uh, he would actually dictate to his secretary while he was taking his bath. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was notorious for that. That's creepy. And, and of course, uh, Queen Wilhelmina of Netherlands. Wilhelmina. Uh, yeah, she had one of those door-knocking things, but she actually passed out from it. <laughs> yep, sleeping in the Lincoln bedroom in 1942. Yep. She heard a knock on her bedroom door, opened it to see the mm. bearded president, and fainted dead away. <laughs> there you go. So there's a lot of sightings of, of uh, Lincoln in the White House. Yes. So moving on to some of the other people, and I don't think we can actually because we've just about run out of time until the break. Up the whole so anything <laughs> else you would like to mention about Lakin before we take to the break? Uh, I don't think so. I just have to say, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by all these things that happened. Mm-hmm. I had no idea how many times they dug this poor guy up. Yeah. And uh, then they have to look inside and make sure it's really yeah. him. And he they, had, uh, this... you know, that happened to the three wise men too. The wise men were moved so many many different times. It's it's very similar to Lincoln. The wise men. Yeah, the, the three Jesus wise men. Wise yeah, men. Three, yeah. Really. Yeah, they were dug up a bunch of times. They were uh, originally buried in India, and then. Uh, the wife of uh, the oh, we've got to take a break. The wife of uh, uh, King King of Constantinople dug him up, brought him there, and then when Constantinople fell, they sent them out to another place. And then, it, well, anyways, here's the tunes, and we got to take a break. <laughs> you listen to Ghost Chronicles, Next Generation, the All Linking Hour, I guess. Anyways. <laughs> and we'll be right back after the following message right here on Tojanet and Pyrex Radio. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. Hello. Hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, 
I'm required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann. And tonight we're talking about presidential hauntings. Ooh. Ooh. Anyway. So what do you got for us? So, yeah, I'm not going to go into anything as long as what you did. So. Okay. Uh, hey, I gave you plenty of opportunities to jump in there, man. No, no, it's not the that. Same. I mean, just, you just extensively covered that subject, which was great. But anyways, uh, one of the... Yes, Interesting ones is Andrew Jackson's who goes haunts the Rosewood Rose Room Rose Room Rose Room Red Room Red Room Red Room Red Room uh, at the White House. Uh, the ghost of Andrew Jackson has been heard laughing on multiple occasions. <laughs> oh, what's so damn funny, Andrew? In the Queen's bedroom or the Rose Room. The most unnerving encounter, however, involved Mary Todd Lincoln, speaking of Lincoln as a segue, uh, who not only heard Jackson's eerie guttural laugh, but also witnessed his ghost stomping around the White House and swearing. Here's my type of ghost. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All he has to do is drinking, too, and it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it. That's it? That's all you got? I told you. That's all I'm doing is light little things. I'm not going into big detail and stuff. Do gross things, those gross detailed stories like you had last week? They weren't gross. Oh, God. Terrible. Those were awesome. Oh, terrible. You just don't want to learn the culture of the other, around the world. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. All right. Whatever. So you have I, something? I have something. So this is a more recent Report of a haunting from Jenna Bush. Okay, so I'll cross that it's one off my list. Jenna Bush Hager. Hey, you know, what can I say? We all have the internet at our fingertips. <laughs> I almost jumped in on that one. That was my number one. Oh, you do it. No, I don't want it. You can have it. No, I don't want it now. All right. So uh, Jenna Bush uh, shared a creepy story on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a conversation with Hoda, uh, Hager recalled the time she and her twin sister, Barbara Bush, yes, there is another Barbara Bush, may have encountered the undead while living in the White House during their dad, President George W. Bush's time in office. The sisters were in their shared bedroom when a Jenna's phone rang. It woke us up in the middle of the night, she explained. We had a fireplace in our room. And all of a sudden, we started hearing 1920s piano music as clear as day coming out of the fireplace. It was so spooky that Hager said she jumped in Barbara's bed. We were both awake. And to make things even more suspect, it wasn't a one-time thing. The next week, we heard the same thing, but opera. They ended up talking themselves out of the possibility that the place was haunted. But a White House staffer made her question it again. 
I said, buddy, you wouldn't believe what we heard last night. And he said, oh, Jenna, you wouldn't believe what I've heard. <laughs> uh, so apparently this is, uh, this is a recent haunting. That's all I have on Jenna Bush. Yeah, I know. It's, uh, it's, it's a quickie. Uh, it's good. That's what I like. So nice and right. quick to the point. Okay. So, but anyway, I mean, there's so many different ones. Uh, the one I liked, and I have to bring this up, is which is kind of intriguing, is uh, the thing. Yeah. Okay. That's the one I like. Yeah. Do you know what the thing from? Uh, I always think of that. Remember the thing from what was it? Adam's family. The Adam's family. Yeah. Yeah. The hand. The thing. Hasn't thing. So, yeah. So uh, in 1911 uh, was the year of the thing. A nickname given to a ghost of a 15-year-old boy who haunted the White House during the Taft administration. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. How old was Willie when he died? Uh, well, they said he was 11, but I mean, he okay. was in his teens, probably. He could have been hmm. older. Who really knows? Hmm. I was just curious. He, doesn't. Uh, he would appear behind people at random, grab their shoulders as if they were leaning uh, if he was leaning over to see what they were doing or looking at and then promptly disappear. Every member of Taft's domestic staff had a creepy encounter with the spirit, yep. possibly even Taft himself, who forbade, forbade, I say, people <laughs> to, from talking about the thing. Oh, my goodness. The, the thing. The thing. The they thing. couldn't come up with a better name. The uh, thing. They were probably scared. Actually, they were scared. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to go back to Lincoln for a second. Sure. That's right. <laughs> because he is a very common ghostly visitor. Yeah. And they say that Lincoln always comes back whenever he feels the country is in need or in peril. Well, he must be all over that White House right now. That's all I have to say. But uh, Things are going good. I'm happy. Oh, uh, yeah. They say he just strides up and down the second floor hallways and raps on doors and stands by windows. In 1989, the Washington Post said that President Ronald Reagan had commented that his dog would go into any room in the White House, except the Lincoln bedroom. And he would just stand outside the door and bark. So, there you go. Actually, That's... on that, that same note, because that was the one I was going to talk about, uh, was that uh, the dog, by the way, is the, the first dog, Lucky was his name. Uh-huh. Uh, he would bark randomly. And uh, anyways, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, President Reagan laughed and said, I might as well tell you the rest of the story. A member of our family, his daughter, Maureen, and her husband always stayed in the Lincoln bedroom when they visited the lighthouse. Some time ago, the husband woke up and saw a transparent figure standing uh, in the bedroom window looking out. Then it turned and disappeared. His wife teased him mercifully about it for a month. Then, when they were uh, here recently, she woke up one morning and saw the same figure standing <laughs> in the window looking out. She hey, could see back. The, she could see the trees right through him. Again, 
it turned and disappeared. They don't know who that was, but it could be Lincoln, could be someone else. Right. So, I mean, isn't it interesting? There's so many different stories from this one building. Right. Well, think about just all the people that have moved through there. I mean, it's yeah, hist- I, it's historic. I, I mean, and and the energy, the kind of energy that's in there, it's got to be really intense. You know, I, I well, I think so. Yeah, and but there's I mean, no really correlation between spirits and energy, energy, or the rest. Untense really? Energy. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. All right. There's no, no evidence whatsoever, actually. Oh. That's okay. all stuff that we propose and suggest and everything else. So you don't, you don't think that. A high energy level with a group. A high of people. energy. Of what kind of level? A high uh, when it's, uh, for example, when we're at Spirit Quest, mm-hmm. and we're we're doing like a séance, or we're doing table tipping, or we're doing mm-hmm. glass boiling. Mm-hmm. You don't think the energy of all the people at that table contributes to anything? It would be a. I could say yes, but. I have no proof that it does. Uh, it's what I was basically telling, uh, saying earlier, is that we we have these theories, but we have no proof that it does. Well, it does. Well, that's true. I'm not talking about proof. Yeah. Proof. I'm just saying, when you have a place. And what that... type of energy is there? A different type of energy does that works on? I mean, this a lot we don't know about, and, and yeah. we make a lot. We make a lot of assumptions. Uh, you know, uh, about it. And, uh, you know, we always say, oh, well, you need it. this energy makes the ghost spirits do, do this and this energy does this and uh, this and that. We we really, if you look at the correlation, it's not as strong of a case as we believe it is. Okay. Because there are many, many, many sighting of spirits where there are no energy virtually around. Uh, they're just people doing ordinary stuff. So it's well, here you go either way. Whatever. No, so that's what I'm saying. There's no correlation. That's the the thing. But uh, we we tend to um, paint a broad brush, unfortunately. Yeah. But anyways. All right. All right. All right. So yes. let's talk about Abigail Adams. All right. If you want to. Okay. So John Adams' wife. She was the first lady, first, first lady to live in the White House. And apparently she used the East Room to dry her sheets. She would put up clotheslines uh, and hang up the laundry. It's kind of hard to believe the president's wife was running around doing her own laundry, but I guess. That's back, back when then they did. men were men and women were women. Uh-huh. Yeah. <clears throat> So, apparently, she would, you know, walk up and down the hall, carrying the laundry, and go and hang it up in the East Room. And since her death, they have had reported sightings of her walking through the halls with her arms outstretched like she was holding clean linens. And they smell the scent of lavender, which apparently went into the laundry to make it smell good. And uh, that's that's uh, God. If that was my future, I'd please beg somebody to help me cross over. I'd 
as a spirit <laughs> doomed to doing the laundry forever and ever. So that's uh, Abigail Adams haunting. Hmm. Intriguing. Yeah. So I like, like we said, there are so many different presidents have seen, seen different things at the white house. And another one would be Harry Truman. Uh, uh, Harry Truman wrote to his wife's Bess. Uh, with tales of uh, spirits and ghouls. And in uh, June of 1945, just two months into his presidency, the president was attempting to conduct his usual business. And this is a quote, all while listening to the ghosts walk up and down the hallway. And even right here in the study, Truman, uh, Truman described uh, pops in the floor and eerily swaying drapes and and he uh, hypothesized that the ghosts were those of Andrew Jackson and Teddy Roosevelt having an ag- argument. <laughs> I don't know where the hell he got that, but that's whatever. He... <laughs> All right. <laughs> what would they be arguing about? I don't know. Maybe yeah. the color of the drapes. Who knows? <laughs> so another story is about Dolly Madison. Mm. And... She used to take care of the uh, the Rose Garden, apparently, at the White House. And during the Woodrow Wilson administration, staff members reported seeing her ghost uh, as they were about to move the location of the Rose Garden. And apparently, uh, she so upset them, spooked them, they decided to leave it where she wanted it. Um and she's also connected to another storied Washington location. Uh, when the British burned down the Madison's home during the War of 1812, she Bastard. and President... Huh? Bastards. Those bastards. She and President James Madison moved to the Octagon House on the corner of 18th Street and New York Avenue Northwest. Which is haunted, by the way. Yeah, making it the temporary White House. Well, you can see why. Unexplained occurrences there have been linked to the deaths of three women, including two daughters of the wealthy man who built the house. In both incidents, according to newspaper accounts, the women had argued with their father about who they wanted to marry and then fell from the same staircase. Bells could be heard in the house when no one was there to ring them, reads a 1969 Washington Post article about the location. A specter of a girl in white could be seen slipping up the stairway. Terrifying screams and morbid groans could be heard heard emanating from the house. Some insisted that it was impossible to cross the hall at the foot of the stairwell on certain days without unconsciously going around some unseen obstacle on the floor. So that sounds pretty crazy mm-hmm. and i'd actually i'd love to know a little bit more about that like who is this who is this guy who built the house and why would they fall from a staircase i think that's in my book ghost of day oh, which really which you have a copy of i believe i do it's at work though uh let me see if i well, I could probably look it up, but uh, it'd have to take me a while to do it. So, uh, uh, but I, I'm sure the Octagon House is in the book. Um, yeah. I don't know how big of a story, because it's 365 
uh, stories on that. But uh, back to uh, Harry Truman again, and uh, okay. he wrote he wrote to his wife again, and uh, this is in the Presidential Library mu- Museum, and this is Harry's word. I jumped up and put on my bathrobe, opened the door, and no one was there. Went out and looked up and down the hallway, looked in your room, looked in Maggie's. Still, no one. Went back to bed, and after locking the door, there were footsteps in the room. (laughs) I jumped up and looked, and no one was there. The damn place is haunted, sure as shooting. (laughs) Sigma Service said, said, uh, not even a watchman was up here at that hour. You and Maggie had better come back here and protect me before some ghosts carry me off. (laughs) (laughs) So there's a man who believed it was haunted. Yeah, right. Well, after I heard all that, I'd believe it was haunted. (laughs) Um, So here's another thing about about Lincoln. He's all over this place. You love Lincoln, don't you? The place is lousy with Lincoln. I'm just saying. Um, a long, a long, a long time White House servant lamented how renovations had cleared the mansion of the spirits that kept him company on lonely nights. He described them as gliding up public stairways and down private ones. Uh, it's the truth, the gospel truth, said Jerry Smith, who is described as spending a quarter century at the White House. Times are not what they used to be about the house. Ever since I first went to the White House, I have seen the spirits of Mr. Lincoln and other presidents as they died. But you know that they don't like new places, and I never see a sight of Mr. Lincoln or General Grant. But Lincoln, it seems, would not be scared away so easily. Mary Eben, who worked for Eleanor Roosevelt, reported seeing him on his bed, pulling pulling on his boots... Her screams screams apparently brought Secret Service agents running. And uh, Mrs. Roosevelt, in a 1932 talk about life in the White House, told a group that she felt another presence when she worked in a room where many presidents had also worked. I get a distinct feeling that there is somebody else in the room. So he is still lurking around. Going back to Lincoln again. Uh, the White House is also supposedly haunted by the ghost of Anne Surratt. Oh, yeah. In 1865, Mary Surratt was arrested and executed for her role in their plan to assassinate Abraham Lincoln. Her daughter, Anne, has haunted the White House ever since. Workers have seen and heard Anne's ghost pounding on the White House doors, demanding her mother's release more than 150 years later. Her ghostly form has also reportedly appears on steps, uh, mourning her mother's every July 7th, the anniversary Uh-oh. of her execution. Wow. Ooh. That's pretty weird. So Lincoln pissed off a lot of people, too, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By dying. Well, it, it, you know, if they killed him, then, mm-hmm. you know, what can you do? I mean, it's not his fault. <laughs> well, Should have survived. Yeah, it's kind of is his fault because he just wandered out and didn't have any security. But I don't know. So they they hung all those people that there were like four people conspirators 
Um, and they hung them all not too far from the White House, I believe. I saw a picture. I'm trying to find the picture to get their names, but um, I think I'm fresh out of presidential stories. Have you got any more? What? Yeah. What? I'm out. Out? I exhausted all my Google tabs. All on Lincoln. I know. I spent so much time on Lincoln. Damn. What else have Allie. you got? So let's uh, let's bring on. <laughs> mm, let me Who's see. Left? Who's left? What's that? Who's left? There's quite a few actually. Um, who is the guy who died in the in the bathtub? Or he got stuck in the bath? No, he died in the bathtub. No, he got stuck in the bathtub. He, he got stuck in the bathtub because he was so. Fat. Yeah, that was the that was tap? I believe it was tap. Yeah, he was he was so so huge. They actually had to build a special bathtub for him and put aboard the the battleship when he when he uh went to travel through Panama or something like that. It was pretty <laughs> That's pretty embarrassing. Yeah it is. Well I get at least he didn't die in it. So no. that's something. <laughs> so the guy that sold the land, David Burns, we talked about oh, him. No, we didn't. Yes. I remember I remember seeing that. Go ahead. Oh, I thought you had it. Spill it. Oh, you, nothing. You just, a, just a little side note. The uh, the uh, man who sold the U.S. government, the land where the White House stands now, uh, his spirit still resides there as well. FDR once heard a disembodied voice say, I am Mr. Burns. <laughs> Maybe it was the Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. While he was standing alone in the yellow oval room. Years later, during Harry Truman's presidency, a security guard heard the same voice and went looking for Secretary of State James Burns, thinking it was him calling out his name. He later discovered that James Burns wasn't in that day. Aha. Uh-huh. They were spelled differently, B-Y-R-N-E-S is James Burns. Yeah. And B-U-R-N-S was David Byrne, the guy who sold the land to Ah, okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. So I just thought of something that I did want to talk about, and it's not, it's not really, it's not a haunting, but I think that it's it's kind of paranormal, and it's connected to the White House, but it it's not in the White House. So remember when uh, uh, John John JFK Jr. uh, he crashed tragically. Yeah. His plane crashed with his wife and his sister-in-law um, over near Martha's Vineyard. So behind that, that whole airplane story, um, all of uh, John John's life, his mother, uh, uh, my God, I'm so old, Jackie Kennedy, had said to him, don't ever, I don't want you to ever get your own airplane or, or learn how to fly because she had a premonition that he would die in a plane crash. And her whole life, um, he, he was always, even as a, a little kid, he always had a toy airplane, um, was fascinated with flying. And his father would come in, you know, on the Air Force One or whatever it was at that time, and he just couldn't wait. He'd run right by his father and went to the airplane. So... 
but Jackie had this premonition her whole life and she begged him and he always wanted to get his pilot's license. She's like, please, please don't, don't do this. I just, it's not going to end well. And I have this premonition, please don't do it. So as long as she was alive, he never got his pilot's license. But as soon as she passed away, he went right out, got his pilot's license, bought an airplane. Mm -hmm. And Sure enough, that's how he met his fate. And I just think I never knew that until recently. And I, I just thought that that was the freakiest thing. Um, she knew, you know, she just knew. And what a tragedy, you know. He should have listened to his mother. I guess so. Right? Yeah. And it was pilot error. It, it They completely blamed that crash on on him and he had this really high-tech fancy airplane that he was adequate at flying but not in fog and uh he i don't even think that he knew how to engage the autopilot it's just so many crazy things about that crash yeah Mm. yep I recently watched a documentary about that, in case anybody's wondering. <laughs> oh, there's the doorbell. But that's how I, I knew that information. Yep. So that's I pretty cool. And pass that, that and along. We, another side note, and I know we're almost out of time, is that uh, we had this guy on the show a couple of times, and you wrote a book that uh, um, Lindbergh and Lincoln were – uh, Lincoln uh, Lindbergh was reincarnated Lincoln, oh. which was kind of interesting. We had him on there before. We usually brought him in, know, like when the President's Day, when we used to celebrate Lincoln's birthday. Uh-huh. Uh, but oh, uh, a long time ago. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of <laughs> correlations, like the Kennedy Lincoln thing. Remember that? Yeah. Where there are all the different uh, oh, similarities. Yeah. Similarities that happen and stuff like that. So it's intriguing stuff. It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Anyways, we do have to go. So I do want to mention a couple of things. First of all, uh, we're doing the Blair Witch Ghost Hunt in May. I think it's middle of May uh, for the Friends of VZ Estate. And uh, that'll be up at VZ. You can go on to our website, IndieGhostProject.com, and check out that. And all the funds raised will go to uh, the estate. Uh, also, of course, uh, Spirit Quest is coming up September 27th, 28th, and 29th. Yep. X-Files, which is going to be really cool. I'm excited about that. Totally. Mm. Yep. And- going to be another cool year. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, some of the people that will be doing it will be Steve Parsons back in the UK. Uh, Dylan will be Jones. back. What's that? Jones. Dylan Jones. Yeah. Yes, dear. Dylan Jones from uh, the BBC will be in uh, the great British ghost tour will be uh, coming down as well, as well as uh, Keith Johnson uh, from the Ghost Hunters, of course, uh, Cody Desbian from uh, TAP's home team, and uh, Ken DeCosta from Rise Up Paranormal, uh, So, and, and a cast of others, really. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited about it, and 
the Saturday night event is going to be really cool. It's going to be uh, you're going to build your own road dive uh, diode that you use for. Uh, we have tunes. Yes, yeah, thanks. So uh, yeah, you'll be able to build your own road di- diode, and uh, we'll also go out and collect EVPs, and we'll be judging them and giving out prizes for the best EVPs uh, or audio. So. Check out the website, inegosproject.com, to learn all about more. So anyways, we want to thank you all for listening. Good night. God bless. Good night, everybody. Things that go bump in the night deliver us good law.